Grasp the Bible is a podcast of Spring Baptist Church that walks through selected books of the Bible, verse by verse, as well as spends time exploring biblical ideas and topics to help you understand and apply God's Word in your daily life. Pastor Dale Stein of our Klein Campus will be leading each week's podcast. I'm Marty Richardson. It is good to be with you today. It's good to see you, Pastor Daryl. Thank you, you as well. So this is our 118th episode, and we are in our psalmology behind the scenes or mm-hmm. extra point. Uh, our pastor is currently in the midst of um, this psalmology series and going kind of step by step, touching on different parts of the psalms and looking at them in a different way. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just decided that we would spend a little time and maybe even go a little deeper because the psalms are awesome. Yes. And they have so much to offer us. So we're in Psalm 133, and I love this title. Like, it's almost as good as last week's. What Mm -hmm. is the title? Porcupines in the Church. Porcupines in the Church. Does that mean that we're allowing small woodland creatures in? Of course, we're inclusive. Oh, inclusive. (laughs) But really, are we letting small woodland creatures in? No, no, no. Oh, we're not. We're really just talking about how do you deal with people when people are being people. Mm-hmm. So let's jump right into it. Why don't you give us a little overview of what we're talking about? And then I think today you have a list. Yes. So the background to this psalm is that David is looking out and he's seeing people from all across Israel, people from different tribes, people from different walks of life, different socioeconomic backgrounds. You cannot ask more for more varied people coming together to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. And he's seeing how well everyone is getting along. Everyone is singing the same song. And so um, I think it's a beautiful picture for us, for the church, because we have folks at this church and many churches across the country where people come from all different backgrounds and may not have very much in common except for their love of the Lord and the worship of the Lord. And so David's point to all this is that as God's people, we can all set aside our differences and lay aside our preferences for unity in the church. This is a tough one, I have to be honest, because as a worship pastor, um, you may not know this, you know this, but our watchers, our listeners may not know this. The Bible literally gives no prescriptive description for worship. What I mean by that is the Bible doesn't say worship this way or sing these songs. Mm-hmm. It gives us ideas mm-hmm. Um there, there are some teachers that say the Bible gives prescriptive things, and I'm, I'm not sure about that. It's actually in the Psalms, Isaiah chapter 6, people look at that. But really, there is no recording of a worship service in its details mm-hmm. in the New Testament. Yeah. And, and so, and part of that is because I think God, I know God in His omnipotence, knew that if we're not careful, we allow our our ideas and our preferences to affect our ideology to Mm -hmm. the point where we begin to tell people that my preference is the only preference, right? Yes. And so as a worship pastor, I get beat up with this a lot because Mm -hmm. people don't like a song or a style or they don't like the lights or the lack of lights or, I mean, I could go on and on. Mm -hmm. But this happens everywhere inside the church. Mm Whether it's a leader, uh, we were actually just in a meeting, right, talking about a staffing issue and talking about some of the preferences that some of the people being served would have in what type of person was serving. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think we forget we need to say, okay, God, 
who do you want, why do you want, and what do you want, right? right. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is just something we deal with in the church, mm-hmm. and we are a consumer-driven society. Yes, and unfortunately, it has crept its way into the church, is that we want our preferences met. My gosh, we can have our way everywhere we go, and, you know, basically, I'm a member of this church, I give, therefore, I have a say, and with porcupines, right? The thing is, with porcupines, they're either going to fight or retreat. And so sometimes what can happen in churches is that when people have a particularly strong feeling about a preference, they will stand up and they will fight for it and cause disunity. Or what can happen is that they may decide, you know what, this isn't, this isn't even worth um, talking about. My needs aren't getting met. And typically we hear it in terms of, I'm not getting fed here anymore. And then people Ooh. will leave. Yeah, I know. I, I, we just lost a lot of viewers. Oh, yeah. Right. But, but those are the things that happen. So with porcupines, they either fight or flight. And so we're saying, no, don't do either. Remain at your church here. Value unity and work to preserve unity in the church. And one thing that we need to remember, that in both cases, porcupines do damage. Mm-hmm. If they're running away, they shoot their quills out and run away, right? If they're fighting, they run at you, right? Yes. So no matter what happens, sometimes I think we think if we passively just float away, Mm -hmm. that we're not doing any damage. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, like, when you leave a church, it's a lot like a divorce. Yes. Because if we believe God calls us to a place of ministry, then you better make sure that he's calling you to another place of ministry Mm -hmm. if you leave. And don't leave broken because you'll just go to the next place. Mm Mm-hmm. And be broken there too. Right. So, if anyone is still listening or watching. Which we hope you are. We hope you are. We're going to move on. So, so this is the overview of it. I think that you, you, you and I were talking and you, you said you came up with a list. Mm-hmm. So, why don't you talk people through the list and um, start up why you came up with a list. Yeah. So, as we talk about. And the point is to encourage people to strive for unity within the church. Then the question becomes, well, I feel very strong about this, but I do want to preserve unity. So how do I go about doing that? And so this list will give us some good handles um, to work from. So the number one thing is to have a spirit of humility. Tend to think of others as, uh, as just as as good, if not better than us, right? And so, unfortunately, we can have pride and think that our opinion matters more than anyone else, right? And so, or if we're not humble, we can think of ourselves as better than others. So mm-hmm. always maintain that spirit of humility because nothing destroys unity as much as pride does, one's ego. So maintain this unity. And Jesus modeled this perfectly for us, the Son of God who humbled himself to take to be the, take the place of a servant and to die on the cross. So if our leader, who is Jesus, if we say we're Jesus followers, then we need to demonstrate that same type of humility. So there's that. Number two, gentleness, okay? It's about forfeiting our rights to be upset about something. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's not thinking of ourselves all the time. And so unfortunately, lots of times, um, people think only about themselves and what they want, and they will run over other people without regard for how they feel about things. So being gentle, have a gentle and, and peaceful spirit. Again, Jesus was gentle and low, lowly in heart, right? So there is humility. There is gentleness. Next is patience, right? It means 
putting up with other people and their shortcomings. And believe it or not, listener, people probably put up with you as well. Okay. And so if you don't believe me and you're married, ask your spouse. Oh, you just go to meddling, man. You're like, you're getting in there. I mean, my wife doesn't have to put up with me. Mm-hmm. She chooses to. Oh, good, good point. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So when we have patience, we understand that, that people were coming at, at things in the church from different angles, right? And sometimes um, maybe we need to work with them to develop a fuller understanding of something. Uh, but again, it is, it, it's bearing with other people's shortcomings and their faults and their weaknesses and their failures and, um, and, and treating them well. So the, the questions we need to ask is how patient are we with people that we disagree with or who, mm. people who disagree with us? And how do we suffer with those who think differently than we do? Right? So Jesus has been patient with each one of us. Right. I've been a bonehead for a good part of my life, and he's been very patient with me. Yeah. Right. So we need to be patient with one another. Uh, number four, love. Um, Jesus says, they will know you're my followers by your love for one another. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we are going to have unity grow in the church, the soil it, it is planted in is love. Right. We need to demonstrate love for one another. And then finally, zeal. You know, unity doesn't come about on its own. We have to be zealous for it. We have to fight for it and protect that. And so we're called to not only maintain unity, but to do so eagerly. So it's real easy to throw stones. Mm. The harder thing is to fight for unity. And so if we look, for example, in other relationships, like in marriages, I've heard that marriages work. I've heard that. I wouldn't know about it, but you know, yeah, right. Oh. I, I'm I'm not even going to speak here. There, there's nothing I can say that won't get me in trouble. I know, I know. Fortunately, my wife doesn't listen right now. So, but, <laughs> um, but again, if 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 church unity is important, it's worth fighting for. It is okay, and it takes energy to put into that to fight for it. And so the question becomes, are we more zealous for fighting for unity or are we more zealous for fighting for our own preferences, for privileges, for our own rights? What are we zealous for? So we need to be zealous for maintaining church unity. So those are five things Mm. that all of us as church members can do to protect unity within the church. So what I'm hearing is that we're going to fight for something, Mm -hmm. whether it be our personal rights or what we think is right or whatever, or, or we can fight for unity in the church. We're going to fight for something. Mm -hmm. And the psalmist is encouraging us to fight for the right things. Yeah. And we need to think about this, right? When we become members of a church, right? We lay aside our rights and we pick up our responsibilities, Right? And if we took that attitude in the church, we don't become church members and say, well, I'm like a member of a country club. I pay these dues, I get certain rights. It's, it works differently in the family of God, just like in our own families. Right? Uh, people contribute to the health of the family. Each person does something to contribute overall to benefit the family. And we strive for unity in our families. And so we need to be doing even more so in the body of Christ. And it also hit me, you, you hit on like half of the fruit of the spirits. Mm-hmm. 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I, I can only say that so fast because I say it to myself all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Marty, was that loving? Was that under control? But I think that the other thing that we we sometimes forget, and and, and you hit on this, we expect being part of a church. You said country club. Mm-hmm. But we also sometimes act like we are owners of the church, mm-hmm. not not just a member. Some people are like, oh, this is a member. There's a membership thing. I get to do all this stuff, and it's fun, and I have all these rights. But then sometimes we're not careful. We get in this idea of ownership, mm-hmm. and that's an even step beyond it because then we begin to think that we have a responsibility for directing it mm-hmm. when our responsibility is to receive direction, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Let's talk a little bit about this idea. You, you've got your five list. Hit, hit them all, just the topic, you know, just the one through five real quick. Sure. Absolutely. So there's humility, gentleness, patience, love, and zeal. And zeal. So my, my question here is how do we put that into practice? Those five things. Um, because, you know, we can talk about it in theory, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to be zealous for this. You need to, but what would this look like? in a church, maybe even our church mm-hmm. today. Yeah. So let's talk about um, volunteer positions. Uh, we have some folks who have been serving in volunteer positions for a long time, and we're always looking to recruit new volunteers so that people can live out the calling that God has placed into their life. You and I both believe that when someone is saved, that the Holy Spirit gives them at least one spiritual gift to be used in the service of the local church. It can be easy for folks who have volunteered for a long time to begin to take ownership of a ministry. And I mean in a negative way, basically of, I've been here the longest. I had the most seniority. We do it this way. My way is the right way. And I don't like these new people coming in because they want to change things. This is mine. And we want to hold on to this control, right? And so the whole idea is remember that we are stewarding that particular volunteer position, and that it is always good to be humble, knowing we can always learn from other people. There's a humility aspect. When new people come on to the team, to love them. Number three, to have zeal for that position, knowing that fulfilling that position contributes to a part of the body functioning properly, right? Uh, To be patient, knowing too that new volunteers will not know as much as you do, or, or they may take a misstep with something. And so how do you come along then and correct, but with love so that they don't repeat the same mistake? And then gentleness, how do we speak with them, especially when things go wrong, right? So this is one area in which we can demonstrate these different traits. And I also think that we need to remember that just because something is not our preference mm-hmm. doesn't make it wrong right. either. Mm-hmm. Um, I know sometimes people go, well, that person didn't do it the way that I would have, therefore it's wrong. That isn't always the case. Right. And uh, I was reading an article the other day. It's one of those Harvard Business Review articles. And it said that in an organization, when you want to change the culture, you hire from outside. Mm -hmm. When you want to reinforce the culture, you hire from inside. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we as leaders, we pray for God to bring sometimes new direction, new life. And so as a, as a volunteer, this new volunteer person that might come in, 
they could be an answer to prayer from one of your leaders, mm-hmm. where God's going, you know what, this is a great ministry. What that needs for the next step is this. God provides it. And if you don't have the humility to look at that and go, wow, can I learn from this person? Mm-hmm. Can I be patient? All of that. You might miss the blessing of God taking that ministry to the next level mm-hmm. because of your ownership. Right. Wow, that's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. I don't, do you think anyone's left? I hope so. Okay. We're, luckily, we don't do this live because we would be like, yeah. Well, very good. So anything in wrapping up today's, uh, our today's Psalm on Porcupine people in the church? And anything you're just thinking of? Yeah, I think it it's to remember that the church is made up of people. Those people are your brothers and sisters in the Lord. We are all part of the same family. Understanding, too, that at times we are not going to get along. We're not going to see eye to eye. But the ultimate goal is to remember why are we all here? And this is what David saw. He said, "These all these people came together with one purpose, to worship the Lord. And if all of us come together with the one purpose of worshiping the Lord, then surely that can help us overcome all our other differences, recognizing that these other things are secondary compared to the ultimate goal of coming together as a body to worship. A great word, a great word. Well, thank you for joining us today. As always, uh, make sure that you like and you share the podcast on whatever platform that you're listening or watching. And remember this, we're studying God's Word, and we don't study it out of, you know, academic, you know, ideals, although those aren't bad. Mm -hmm. We don't study it for self-help, although we know that the Bible does change us and make us better. We don't even really study the Bible to to, to be better Christians. Mm -hmm. We study the Bible because God gave it to us knowing that it is what we need to get closer to Him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and and that's what we want for you and for, for, for all of those who are in the church. We want you to connect with Him in a deeper, deeper, deeper way. So thank you for joining us today. And uh, you can check out the show notes for that list. Mm-hmm. And I encourage you to kind of meditate or pontificate or cogitate. Lots of, lots of eights there. Lots of, eight. lots of eights. Um, on, on that, uh, Pastor Hill spends a lot of time making sure the notes are, 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 are good and will work together. And join us next week as we continue to grasp the Bible.